but I feel like us strongmen can push push that kettlebell clean and press to another level. I got that inspiration when I was uh, training with Action Bronson in New York City this last week, and he was destroying me, frankly, because I, I don't train kettlebells, and um, he's an, uh, he's a cardio monster, and we just went 20 minutes straight just doing kettlebell cleans and push-ups, and I almost puked. It was, just, it was horrendous. Welcome to the Bar Bend Podcast, where we talk to the smartest athletes, coaches, and minds from around the world of strength. I'm your host, David Thomas Tao, and this podcast is presented by barbend.com. Today, I'm talking to an athlete who probably needs little introduction. Martins Lises, the 2019 World's Strongest Man and one of the strength world's most charismatic athletes. I don't want to say too much more, but a quick preview of today's episode. We discussed coming back from injury, when Martins plans to compete again, how long he thinks his strongman career will last, what it was like filming a Geico commercial, setting Steinborn squat world records, and much, much more. We even came up with a new strongman event during this recording, so you don't want to miss out. I do want to take a second to say we're incredibly thankful that you listen to this podcast. So if you haven't already, be sure to leave a rating and review of the Barbend podcast in your app of choice. Now let's get to it. Thanks so much for joining us today. I think this is the first time we've ever recorded with you, and it's a real pleasure. I got to ask, how are you feeling? I know you just uh, you were down in Colombia recently, getting uh, a little bit of recovery work done. How's the body? Uh, I am feeling pretty darn good. It's so difficult to determine uh, how well the stem cells are working because usually what I gauge uh, my pain levels is how my body feels after the heavy. But certain things have gotten noticeably smoother and easier. Like my pistol squats used to be excruciating, and uh, they are significantly less painful. How often are you do- training pistol squats? I don't talk to a lot of 300-plus-pound athletes who are regularly training pistol squats. So where does that kind of fall in your, in your uh, in- routine? In one form or another, uh, I don't always do full pistol squats. Uh, that If I do full pistol squats, that's mostly once a week. But I do uh, other stability exercises that very much so help and promote uh, my pistol squat abilities, such as touchdown squats, hip airplanes, um, all sorts of hip mo- mobilizations. Uh, all, a lot of stuff that I've gotten from Aaron Horshig from Squat University. He's helped me out significantly with uh, just building up the stability and mobility of my hips and ankles and uh, just developing a deeper understanding on how to create strong, functional hips and uh, legs in general. Aaron is a, a friend of the podcast. We've had him on. He's written for the site. He is just about the, the best person you can go to if you're trying to. Uh, I love him. Yeah, he is the man. Well, okay. So I asked how the body's feeling. How's how's the mind? How what's your mental state right now? Kind of heading into a new competition season. How are you feeling there? Uh, I feel excited. I'm just like, so excited to get back to the game. I'm nervous because I'm nervous. Uh, once I start lifting heavy, I hope I continue feeling as great as I feel now. So it's kind of like this. Uh, there's this conundrum where I'm like, I feel so good. What if I didn't compete again? I could just go on feeling great. But of course the uh, that that call to uh, take on gravity and be one of the best yet again 
it's overwhelming and i i need to go back and compete so you were at world strongest man in november last year we were working with world strongest man in some media coverage and you were a media personality you were doing commentary interviews uh stealing people's protein shakes just messing up the whole thing no i'm absolutely kidding maybe, maybe, maybe not. Maybe not. you're giving me ideas I'm giving, no. you, I'm giving you ideas for, for pranks to pull. I wouldn't want to pull a prank on, on any of these competitors, but you are you are more than welcome, and you're probably faster than a lot of the guys, so you could just like uh, go away. But uh, I would love to. What was, it, what was it like being at the competition and not being a competitor? I mean, as the reigning champion, you took some time off for injury and to, and to recover, but you know, being kind of on the more the media side, is that something we might see you do after your competition career is over? I, I would love to uh, uh, be more on the media side in strongman, because my goal, my ultimate goal with strongman is to help grow the sport more than I love being the best. I, I, of course, I want to be yet again on the top of the game, um, but nothing would bring me more joy than knowing that I played a big role in helping this sport grow. Where do you think the sport has the most potential to grow, as far as demographics, locations, things like that? I think um, uh, UK does the shows really well. Like uh, the, the Giants live series there with the enormous crowds and arenas. I think that's the way we need to go. We need to do that in the rest of the world. Uh, the United States needs to get over doing these competitions in, uh, in the parking lots and actually put some money into advertising and, and putting this in arenas and making this like a real show, like the way they do in the UK. The UK is... I mean, I've never been to one of the arena shows there, but always, obviously, in a pre-COVID time, seeing the videos from it, it's super, super exciting. And obviously, the best way to get a crowd is to advertise a record attempt. Yeah. Oh, I love that. Yeah, that's true. And that's tough because, um, and I've seen a lot of shows keep trying to do this. Like they keep saying, you know, between Arnold's and Worlds and uh, Dubai, everyone's trying to push these records. Uh, and that gets, that's tough for us. We, we, we athletes need a break from that because if every single three or four months we're trying a world, you know, push our bodies to a world record, it, it definitely shortens our careers. So, the, so a, we got to find a balance here. So I, okay. I got to talk about, I made a note to talk about this. My favorite record in all of, of strength sports. It's one you hold. It's the Steinborn squat. It's probably, oh, the, thank you. it's probably the only legitimate lift. It's the only legitimate test of strength. Let's be honest. Everything else is just poppycock. So <laughs> tell us about that. I'm, I'm, I'm only half joking. Tell us a little bit about how you started training in, in that lift. Well, the thing is I was already training in such a way that, uh, to take on the Steinborn was very easy uh, because a lot of my training for my the squats has never been to push the maximum amount of weight because, uh, frankly, I've never done a one rep max squat in my training nor in competition. It's never I never see it in a competition. Um, so I train squats to supplement my strongman abilities. So I usually train squats to a point where I do a lot of pauses in as deep of a hole as I can. And then I try to explode out of that pause or I do high repetitions to work my work capacity. Um, and I do a lot of pistol squats and, and stability work. So when I was offered the opportunity to uh, bring the Steinborn back, uh, so I would, the event was explained to me uh, and I was immediately kind of put it together in my head. I'm like, oh, that should be no problem. 
I just I could see the biomechanics of it. I looked it up online, uh, saw how it was done. Uh, there were no real videos of it, good videos of it at the time. Um, they didn't. They didn't the, have. They didn't have iPhones back in nineteen. Exactly. So I just saw some pictures, uh, and I immediately just thought, okay, this is basically just like getting into the deepest hole of a squat, having my thighs support me, so my back is supported. And then just rocking the weight over and then just exploding out of essentially what's a paused squat. And I, and I also train raw uh, with no equipment frequently in off season. Of course, when it comes down to competition, I throw on my SPD gear, SPD sleeves, and that helps me get the heaviest lifts. But off season, I train uh, with no gear so I can get the most range of my motion. So I get the, I challenge myself as much as I can just to see what my body can do on its own. And the Steinborn is best done with limited, with very limited equipment because you, it, the more equipment you have, the stiffer you are, the, the harder it is getting those positions. So the Steinborn, no belt and maybe knee sleeves at most. So here's the question. Does a Steinborn squat count if you don't yell Steinborn at the end of it? That, personally, I think you should be able to hold up that barbell long enough to yell that out and, and um for it to count because that that shows control of the bar and it shows dominance. If I were the ref, I wouldn't give you the down signal until I heard a loud yes, full Steinborn. You have you have <laughs> to just scream it at the top of your lungs. You talked That's a little bit right. about your your training and some of the emphasis you're working on now. How do you think your training differs? And look, everyone's different, right? This isn't to say this isn't to say you train this way and literally everyone else trains the same but different but how might your training differ from what we see from a lot of other top open category strongman competitors um a lot of my training focuses i'd say about 70 percent of my uh, training focuses on work capacity heavy work capacity and control i I like to be able to uh, maximize my technique and ability to control my body keep my spine neutral regardless of how exhausted i am Uh, so that way when when push comes to shove in a competition, when I'm really just, uh, you know, running low on steam, I know that I, I, I've trained exhausted. I've trained with good technique exhausted so I could still squeeze out those extra repetitions when necessary. Because truth be told, strongman is mostly work capacity. Uh, a, lo- a lot of events will have like a one rep max, but it's the, the 80% of the competition is still work capacity. If you were not in strongman, what might be a different strength sport you'd want to take up? It could be everything from CrossFit to weightlifting, powerlifting, arm wrestling, whatever it is. Frankly, uh, this might not answer your question, but um, I would love to do fighting, jujitsu or MMA. And if if it had to be lifting, it'd be Olympic lifting, uh, weightlifting. because there's a beauty to that sport, but it's no strongman. To me, weightlifting is accessories, accessories at most. So let's talk about that for fighting MMA, jujitsu. Is that something? I know it's something you've you've you you do grappling. I know it's something you've, you've explored. Is that something that you think you'd like to? You, I mean, do you have any plans to explore that in a competitive sense? Um, my plan is after strongman to uh, start training it. Uh, seeing how far I could push it. And if I get competitive, that would be amazing. Um, 
is it my absolute goal and center focus? No. Let's talk about the length of a strongman career. I mean, we've seen people have very short careers. We've seen people have very, very, very long careers. Obviously, yeah. In strength sports, we all deal with injury. Um, but you know, what is your? What do you think is like a reasonable goal for you as far as the length of your? That is so career? difficult to say now. Um, if these stem cells work, I want to uh, compete until I'm 33 or 35. Um, otherwise, I might just do one to two more years and call it. And to give folks a reference point, how old are you as of the day of this recording? I'm 30. So I want to go three to five more years. Uh, if, I, if I'm hurting, it might be one to two more years. How does this, you know, what are you excited about this season? I mean, obviously, there are the big name competitions, but you know, can you tell us anything about your plans for how many times you plan to compete in 2021? Uh, kind of what you're hoping to peak for, anything like that? So in 2021, uh, well, because I just got the, the stem cell therapy done, I'm not allowed to train heavy for three months and I have to uh, eat a very minimal diet for three months. So I've lost already like 40 something pounds Oh wow! Uh, because of um, my dietary restrictions to allow the stem cells maximum effect. Your beard looks very strong, though. Uh, in, in in looking at this this virtual recording, so I couldn't I couldn't tell. You're you're very imposing. It's, funny. it's finally coming together. <laughs> I know, but I'm like 308 pounds uh, when I was competing at Worlds. I was 355. So I'm not going to compete in Worlds because it's too soon. That'll be in June. I won't be able to prepare for it. Um, my plan is to return to Worlds next year, but this year I'm putting all my focus in on the Arnold Classic and the Rogue Invitational. Uh, the, the rogue invitation I'm very excited about. I, I think rogue could really make the sport grow. I have a lot of hope for them. They, they tend to do things right. I love the owners. Uh, I love what they're about, what they stand for. So I'm going to be, uh, I would love to be the first winner of the rogue Invitational. What kind of body weight do you think you'll be aiming for at Arnold's at rogue? Uh, I might be a little bit lighter um, because uh, a bit more efficient. Uh, so I'm going to be aiming for 330 to 350 pounds. We'll see. I'm going to try to eat clean um, and train hard, of course, and see what weight I, I end up at. But I don't want to puff up too much because I remember being a heavier weight, my pressing was better. However, my deadlifts actually got more difficult at a heavier weight. Do you think that's just because of your center of your center of mass mobility? Maybe it, it was. It, it simply was because my gut made it more difficult to keep my back neutral when I was all the way down grabbing the bar. We see that in powerlifting. We see a lot of the biggest pulls in powerlifting coming from not the super heavy weights, but a weight class or even two below, because the biomechanically that they're able to navigate their midsection with the bar, and also their hands are leaner and they're actually able to get a better grip. On the barbell, obviously in strongman, it's not as much of an issue because you use straps. Yeah, but I mean, we the grip is so important. That that is one thing I felt was difficult when I was heavier. Uh, I I have always had a very strong grip, uh, even when I was super heavy. But I did feel that when I was at my heaviest, my grip did go a bit. Interesting. It reminds me of the old, like I mean, we're talking decades back, the world's strongest man event, where they had competitors literally just hang from a bar over a pool of water. I don't know if you've ever seen that, is that one. That is epic. Wow. 
I don't know. You haven't yeah. seen that? Yeah, they literally. I'm not. Yeah, I think it was late '90s or early 2000s. I forget which. I forget which year they literally had the competitors. He'd like Phil Fister and all these guys literally just hanging from a bar, and it was two competitors would start at the same time, and whoever fell off off the bar lost the head. Whoever came off the bar first lost the head to head. If they reintroduce that event, and I'm not saying I endorse that, if they reintroduce that event, who do you think is the open category strongman to be? I think that would be me uh, because I incorporate hangs in my training constantly. And one of my best hangs with one hand uh, weighing 340 pounds was over 50 seconds. Holy cow. Just hanging off of one hand. Yeah. Wait, did you do the, you didn't try the, uh, the, the rogue cliffhanger challenge where they just had everyone see how long they could hang off a bar. Did you try that one? I never did. No. Oh, I think the guy who won was a British climber. He hung on for like 21 minutes. I mean, he was actually F something. I did see that video. That's incredible. I, I couldn't do that. <laughs> There's no chance. He, he had fingers the size of bananas. I mean, the guy just like... I mean, yeah, it was just unreal. I saw that video. Holy crap. Incredible. So that's that's one kind of esoteric strongman event we haven't seen in a while. And I, I, I kind of get why. What is uh, another... I, I, Okay. I, yeah, I think I think that one would be unfair because uh, then it's not about who's the strongest, it's about who has the strongest hands relative to their body weight. But that would probably be what you're saying is that probably be you. Uh, I think I still put my money on me. <laughs> okay, what are some other strongman events that maybe we haven't seen in a while or we see less frequently? Obviously, the sport varies a lot. You know, you could be loading stones one day, loading car parts the next, pressing a log one day, Viking press the next. What are some other kind of esoteric or or less often seen events you? would like to see tested at some competition soon you know one uh, i would love to uh see and i uh would be the a heavy kettlebell clean and press oh that'd be great like just i i've never seen i don't know what's possible with that but i feel like a strongman can push push that kettlebell clean and press to another level i got that inspiration when i was uh training with action bronson in new york city this last weekend he was destroying me, frankly, because I, I don't train kettlebells, and um, he's an, uh, he's a cardio monster. And we just went twenty minutes straight, just doing kettlebell cleans and pushups, and I almost puked. It was just, it was horrendous, but oh it did make me think: like, what's possible? How heavy of a kettlebell can be cleaned with one hand and pressed with one hand? I mean, I dig that. I train in kettlebell sport, so I I dig anything when when someone from another sport's like, oh, like maybe we could play around with kettlebells. I mean, the bent press used to be like an old timey strongman event. That yeah, you would see, and that's kind of probably yeah. one of the first uses of really heavy kettlebells. A lot of people will will look at in looking through history. You know, wh- what are you, what do you think we could like? What do you think we could see? I mean, I, they make kettlebells up to at least one hundred and ten kilos. I've seen. Yeah, I would imagine. We could probably get close to uh, 140, 150, maybe even 150 kilogram kettlebell. But I mean, that would require some specialization, a lot of training and some kettle, uh, special kettlebells being made to be uh, trained with. Well, you know, a few equipment companies who can, who can help you out. Yeah. One, I would, sure. I'd actually like to see that, like the, the heaviest kettlebell swing where you have to like, there's a predetermined height relative to like your torso. You have to get it to, or you have to get it to like, nipple height or something and they have some oh, way to measure that right that would be interesting yeah like you have to start they, your- they, they, they could measure it by setting up like um let's say like a stick that uh if you hit that stick it gets pushed off yeah so exactly. then that stick is set to a certain height relative to your body 
It'd be like a vertical jump test, but but with just with the kettlebell. Like, where could you hit that? That's a great idea. That's a great idea. I'm going to start pitching it, and I'm going to let them know it was your idea. Well, you got to start tra- train it for a few months and then pitch it so you know you're very good at it. I think and, I'll be good. <laughs> and, you'll be good to, and you'll be good to go. So let's talk about training with action. First off, next time you're in New York City, give us a, give us a shout because uh, we'd love to host you, take you out for a meal, and swing some kettlebells with you. But tell us about training with Action Bronson. He's a huge Strongman fan. Uh, how did you all link up? Um, well, he put out this... Um, what was it called? Latin Grammys uh, music video where he basically implants. It was like almost like a Snapchat filter, but I mean, of course with a lot more editing where they took his face and put it on Magnus for Magnuson's body for the most part competing at world's strongest man. And he was just rapping as he was competing in world's strongest man. And Romark and I loved it. So we uh, messaged him on Instagram, told him that we want to train together, go out to uh, New York and just try out some food uh, do some surfing videos, lift together. And he just said, hell yeah, brother. And the next thing we know, we're out in New York, hanging out with Action Bronson, uh, eating delicious food. I got to surf for the first time in my life in the world's largest, actually world's only indoor wave pool. I got to stand up on the surfboard on my first day. Uh, it's cool. Just, and I saw Action Surf and he's a monster at that too. Um, goodness, it was a trip of a lifetime. Best experience in New York. First off, I'm surprised you're kind of... I have this like image of you as this West Coast guy, so I'm surprised you've never been on a a surfboard before. That's like the most shocking thing I'm going to take away from this conversation. (laughs) Yeah, I want to now. Now that I got to try it and see how fun it is, I'm immediately going to look for some surfboards right away because I'm going to make that part of my life. Which is more challenging, slacklining or surfboarding for you right now? Uh, Depends. No, I would say surfing. Slacklining, uh, the thing is with slacklining, it took me like three to five hours to be able to get some decent steps in on the slackline. With a surfboard, on my third try, um, getting pushed in the wave, I was able to stand on it. So that, since surfing was easier, but I also used an enormous board, which made it easier. And I had someone help me push me uh, onto the wave. I'm pretty sure if I was out in the ocean... And I had to time everything, try to catch the wave. That would be brutally difficult. Have you seen the movie Forgetting Sarah Marshall? I have not. Oh, there's a scene where Paul Rudd plays a surfing instructor. Great. And it's it's great. We're gonna have to if if anyone's listening to this podcast has seen it, uh, you know what I'm you know what I'm talking about. One thing that we wrote about recently uh, that I know a lot of Strength Sports fans were really excited to see was you in a Geico commercial. Obviously, Geico is famous for their commercials they have been for years and seeing your face in a geico commercial on television definitely stuck out to me i'm struck out to me i remember like emailing the bar band editorial team be like guys we got it right on this he's like wow this is just right up our alley how did that how did that happen uh um how did that romark romark's been like he's my right hand man he's been helping with everything um he just when we were doing, uh, let me ask him, Romark, could I ask you, how did we get that Geico? How did that happen? Uh, so there was the agency, and then they hit me up. So the agency just hit you up? Yeah. Well, my friend, my friend, uh, uh, the agency just hit me up, and then I just went from there. When did you, when did you film that? I can't hear you. Uh, so when was it filmed? That was in December. December, yeah. December, December yeah. yeah. Okay. We filmed we filmed the Geico commercial in December. Oh, that was such a fun 
uh, filming experience too because we did that. Uh, it was just like a ten minute drive from us. That we could we could ridden our bikes there. Yeah, we could have ridden our bikes. It was actually a, the place we filmed. It was a place I regularly uh, ride my bike to. <laughs> did they ask for your input? Like, do they ask for your input in blocking it, or how like how you might actually like move and implement, or or did they just kind of tell you what to do? Yeah, no, the um, several days before. I got together with the uh, guys that were in charge of putting all that together. Uh, the the events, uh, the you know the the, the the I took the recycling um, canisters and were smashing the boxes. I was trying to, I was working with the guys directly and trying to figure out how to make that as realistic as possible. Uh, practicing because we had a pulley system. Uh, the, uh, because I was saying they were they wanted me to do this for real. I said, <laughs> look, I, I could do that, but you get one shot. <laughs> and, and and then we're done after that. Yeah, I'm not doing it again. We go once. So if you want to do that for real, if you want me to pick these up, we're doing that once. And the guys kind of looked at each other like, oh, okay. Well, then we got to figure something out. And then they came up with this pulley system. And we just practiced uh, timing my smashes to make them look as real as possible with the pulleys. It's the only fake lifting or smashing you'll ever do. Everything else is 100% real, right? Well, the rock... Was, they they also wanted me to uh, lift a rock originally, and I was like, ah, one shot. You get one shot, maybe three at most. So we uh, they came up with a rock also that was just under a hundred pounds, uh, but it was big that I could lift over and over. Uh, yeah, like a Hollywood boulder. It's just made of plastic. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. I mean, every it was a thirteen-hour day of reshooting these. So the, to give you an idea of why it had to be fake, because because uh, I originally did uh, another commercial a while ago where um, with uh, Hefty and where I was pulling an airplane, uh, and there uh, what they did is they used computer graphics to implant over uh, SUV, and there I was pulling, and there I legitimately did pull this SUV over and over again. Um, I thought it would be easy, no problem. Uh, but because of how many times we had to reshoot that, my legs, I, I didn't train my legs for two weeks after that. Wow. That's a, that's a, that's a big session. Ooh. Yeah, it, it was great. It was a great leg workout, but uh, it, it taught me, it taught me that even if the things are light, if you're there 13 hours doing a very light motion over and over again, you're going to feel it. It's back to that work capacity. It's important. Yeah. Strongman competition. Yeah. Important <clears throat> it's important commercials. <laughs> <laughs> I got to ask, what are your predictions? Do you have any predictions for this year's World's Strongest Man competition? Now, I know your predictions for the Arnold and for the Rogue Invitational are you at the top of the podium. Otherwise, you know, why would you be competing? You're a competitor. But World's Strongest Man, you won't be competing. Who do you think is looking really, really good? Um, Novikov is looking really, really good. He's young. He's at the top of his game right now. He's going to be the guy to beat. But if Matush, uh, if he's healing well from his uh, tricep tear, I think Matush will win. And I, I, I'm, I'm cheering for Matush because he's been working so hard for so long and wants it so bad, and he he deserves it. He's one of the strongest guys I've ever competed against. One of the most talented strongmen. He is my uh, nemesis. I freaking hate him and I love him, but uh, he, he, I, I, I'm cheering for him. Or JF Crone. JF Crone's also uh, just been in the game for so long, and he's always up at the top level, but hasn't quite made it over that hump to take first. Uh, and if JF 
fixes some of his deficiencies he could easily win, but I think he needs that drive. He's one of those folks who, I mean, if you're familiar with the sport of strongman, he's been around for a long time, but I mean, he's been years and years busting his ass to get that podium finish. It's not like he showed up out of nowhere. And I think a lot of folks, you know, they see, they assume uh, just looking at like the podium finishes on Wikipedia that you have overnight success in this sport. But I mean, a lot of these folks have been grinding for absolute years. You're an example J- of that. Yeah. J- JF, uh, he, he exactly what you said. He's been working for so long. He's always been in the top 10. He, he, and, um, and he keeps getting stronger, even though he's in his mid, like late 30s now. He keeps getting stronger. and it's, uh, He's consistent. I've never seen such a strong man be so consistent. Consistently strong. Excellent. Who do you think is the most underrated strong man? currently um that's tough to say uh or i guess uncelebrated a trey mitchell um berserker lifter he's one of the strongest guys i know he lacks a little bit of focus in my opinion he could be easily in the podium but he makes uh silly choices sometimes to show off like he did the uh, last worlds he did squat for reps in the 700 700 uh, pound squat um he didn't wear a suit um he had minimal equipment and he won it and um i told him why didn't you put on equipment he's like i didn't need it i still won it and i'm like well how much effort do you just uh cost you in the next event and the next event after that and lo and behold he didn't do that great in the rest of the competition so it's like some of these guys are they are so talented but they don't have the mind well, you don't want to, I mean, you can win the battle, but still lose the war. And over the course of a multi-day competition, yeah. that's very much too, the case. Exactly. And it's the same thing with Tom. Tom is physically one of the most capable specimens. I personally think he lacks the focus and the mind to truly win. And I, 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 he might win. Uh, once he learns, once he really learns what it takes to win, he will win, I think. But uh, if he makes, keeps making dumb choices, not so much. Well, where is the best place for folks to follow along with you, your training, uh, and everything else as the competition season ramps up for you a little later this year? Well, I, we just opened up a gym in uh, El Segundo, uh, Romark and I, myself. Uh, it's called Wreck-It Gym. So, I would, uh, so if you guys are listening, if you are ever in the LA area, come visit us in El Segundo at Wreck-It Gym. That or even better, follow my training on the Wreck-It power app it's in the google play store or in the uh, apple store um right now basically what's in that app is all the training that i do week by week going into the competition so you can see exactly what i'm planning to do and i'm going to do leading up to fall and also new template programming is going to be coming out too so if you're a new, newer or beginner and just want something separate that's easier separate from what i'm doing that's going to be available uh, very soon as well so wreck it power app and also, you're very active on YouTube as well, as well, right? Where can people find you on YouTube? Yes, just search my name, Martin Citis, M A R T I N S space L I C I S, and uh, you'll get to follow along all the fun adventures I do on YouTube. It's great content across the board. That much I can promise everyone. Thank you so much for joining us today. I appreciate your time and best of luck over the course of the season. Excited to see you compete. Thank you so much for having me. It's awesome. 